0: If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Wonderful, thanks so much. Now, a few years ago, uh, I, uh, I was in my old job in the Met Police. And I just moved into a new role. Um, it wasn't a promotion, but it was significantly more responsibility. It was kind of like a, it was based at Scotland Yard and it was like a London wide unit. So it, on paper, it was a great opportunity for me to like enhance my career and grow my skills. Uh, and to be honest, um, when I joined this team, uh, the reality was very different from what I expected because I found myself joining a team that already worked really well together. And to be honest, they'd been given an extra pot of funding that they had to kind of recruit an extra post for. So I was that person that they just had to recruit almost for the sake of it. So it didn't really feel like I could add any value to what was already going on. Um, My boss barely acknowledged I was there. Um, I don't think he actually knew my name. Uh, In the first few weeks, I got very good at making coffee. Not that that is a bad thing. Always good to be able to make coffee well. But after a couple of months... Uh, in this department, we had a big kind of launch event at the QE2 Conference Centre in London, if you know. It's right bang in the heart of Westminster. And we were doing this new London-wide initiative. And so anybody who was anyone was there, like the mayor, London Mayor was there, the Home Secretary, MPs um, from, from across London were invited. And uh, the day of the event came, and although I hadn't really been involved in the planning because I was feeling like a bit of a spare part, I was determined to make myself useful. So I put on my smartest suit, my best tie, I turned up early, and I stood there ready to be deployed, ready to be used, no matter what I was going to do. It all seemed to be going well, it was all running smoothly. I was helping out as much as I could. We were making sure that all, you know, all the VIPs were being looked after, everybody had a cup of coffee in their hand at the right time, uh, and the key messages were being delivered to the right people. And after about an hour or so, I looked across the conference room, and I, saw, I sort of spied my boss on the other side of the room, and he kind of beckoned me over. I was thinking, "Oh, this is, this is good. He, wants, he needs me for something. He's finally acknowledging that, that I'm here. Um, maybe he was going to say thank you for like being available and being deployed maybe he was going to give me an actual task to do so I began to walk over to him and as I got close, he was like Tom I was like oh he knows my name what a surprise I couldn't believe it and and as I got even closer he he put his arms out like this and I thought he's going for a hug like I've obviously like, made such an impression he wants to thank me by giving me a hug so as I reached him I stood expectantly, waiting for the warm words of affirmation and the embrace. And let me tell you the profound words that he said to me. He said, Tom, your collar is sticking up. You look daft. So with his outstretched arms, he reached around the back of my neck and put smooth my collar down, corrected my wardrobe malfunction and went back to his conversation. I felt... Completely redundant. I may as well have not been in the room. I wonder if you can ever relate to that. I wonder if you have ever felt like that. Maybe you can relate to that feeling of uselessness, like a spare part. Have you ever felt like you've got no value to add? Well, if that's you, then I have good news for you this morning. Because no matter who you are, no matter how useful you feel, I want to tell you this morning that you are useful, you are needed, you are loved, you are seen, you are valued here at LPC. So as we unpack this truth together from the book of Romans this morning, let's keep our Bibles open. As we get to Romans 12, and the first thing that we need to know is that we're coming in halfway in the middle of a letter between um, early church leader Paul and the um, early Christians in Rome, and he's writing very just a few years after Jesus, um, Jesus' life and death and resurrection. Um, And really, he spends the first um, first part of the letter, the first eleven chapters before our bit today, just laying out the case for the gospel. Um, So he he's saying, you know, we're all sinners. We're all selfish. We all come under God's judgment. But because Jesus came and died for us, when we say sorry, we're spared the consequences of that judgment. And we're invited back into friendship with God again. That's the first 11 chapters. We're in chapter 12. But here, at the beginning of chapter 12, you might notice a really important word. The very first word that is in the first verse of chapter 12 is therefore. Therefore. And in that one word, Paul is saying... That's what Jesus has done for you. I've explained everything he's done for you in the first 11 chapters. Now, I'm going to tell you what you can do for him. And he lays out three challenges, which we're going to look at this morning as we come to this word. And the first challenge that Paul gives us is this. Set your gifts down. Set your gifts down. He writes, therefore, verse 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I read um, a news article this week uh, that talks about a healthy way of living, being um, always trying to function at 85%. So not 100%, 85%. Never trying to work at 100% because otherwise we just risk burning out. Now apparently um, the actor Hugh Jackman is a big exponent of this. So in all his like, films that he's done, you know, Les Mis or X-Men um, or what's the other big one? Greatest Showman. Yeah. Thank you, Joanna. Uh, <laughs> in, any of those, in any of those movies, he's only ever giving 85%. So we're always 15% short of a really great performance. You'll be interested to hear this morning that um, I've taken the Hugh Jackman approach to sermon writing. So you'll have to make up the ending by yourself. Obviously, I'm joking. But, 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 something important there. It flags to us that actually not giving 100%, it doesn't sit right, does it? it? Not committing everything to doing something, it doesn't feel right. And that's the point that Paul's making here. So to try and get these early Christians to understand this, he uses a kind of image, like a, like a metaphor, if you like. And it's an image from the Old Testament, the image of a sacrifice. You know, as believers now, we get the joy, don't we, of living in a time when we know that Jesus has done everything that we will ever need him to do to bring, bridge the gap between us and God. But in the Old Testament, that wasn't the case because Jesus hadn't come there. so they had this system of sacrifice That all the people in the community of Israel had to bring an animal to be sacrificed. So whether it was like a sheep, a goat, or a bull, every family would have to bring this animal to um, to the temple or the tabernacle, um, the place of worship. And that sounds really strange, doesn't it? Like to our modern 21st century minds, like how, why would like killing an innocent animal have anything to do to be pleasing to God? Well, it was more about what it represented. Animals were valuable. They were a source of income. They were a source of food. So by giving an animal, you would be doing something costly. You would be giving something up. You would be coming to God and saying, I'm so grateful that you love me enough to forgive me for all my mistakes, that here is the best of what I can offer back to you. You know, the giving of a life um, took the place of our lives. You know, The Bible teaches that in our sin, we are dead. So actually by giving another life, that was how in the Old Testament the people were restored back into relationship with God. And what would happen is you bring your animal, it would be killed, and then the different parts of the animal would be laid on the altar, the whole animal, but then it would be burned with incense and this beautiful aroma would rise up to heaven as a sign of worship to God. So Paul is telling these early Christians how they need to live don't know if you notice that, he says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So he's saying, you don't need to sacrifice an animal to make up for your mistakes. Thank goodness, because I would be surrounded by goats and bulls and sheep everywhere, wouldn't we all? But instead, because of what Jesus has done for you, Paul's saying, offer your whole selves back to God, not by dying, but as a living sacrifice. Don't hold anything back. Give him everything you have. And that means our time. It means our treasure, our money that we've heard about with giving. But it also means our talents, our gifts, the things that God has made us good at. And you know, that could be anything. That could be, um, maybe you're really good at hosting people. You love like holding dinner parties at home. Maybe you're good with money. You're good with accounts or procedure. Maybe you enjoy physical work. Maybe you're an amazing baker or a cook. Whatever your gift is, God loves it when you give it back to him in service of building up the church. So even if you don't feel like you have much to give, offer 100% of what you do have and see what God wants to do with it. You know, don't be like Hugh Jackman. Don't hold back the 15% or the 5% or the 1%. Make yourself completely available to God. Set your gifts down before him. So that's the first challenge. Set your gifts down. Paul's second challenge to us this morning. Set your gifts alongside. Now I wonder, has anybody seen this movie, Disney movie called Encanto? Anyone? Must be a few. Oh, We've got some Disney folks in the room. I have, I'm a father of three daughters. I've seen this film about 456 times over the past two years. If you don't know it, it's all about the Madrigal family and they're a family that live in Colombia and they're um, they're blessed with a magical candle that bestows special gifts on each family member. One of them can um, see visions of the future, one of them can change the weather, one of them can cure injuries through baking, what an amazing gift that would be, one uh, has super hearing and another one can talk to animals. And I do encourage you to watch it. I warn you, the songs will get in your head. Uh, But without spoiling the movie for you, the family runs into problems because they let their insecurities overwhelm them. Each of the Madrigals is so busy comparing their own gifts to others in the family that they forget that they're meant to use their gifts together to build up the whole family, to make the family stronger. And that picture of the Madrigal family reminds us that when it comes to the gifts that God gives us as his people, we're not meant to compare ourselves to other people. There is no competition in the kingdom. Look at what Paul writes here in verses 4 and 5. He says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You know, Paul uses this beautiful image of the body to describe the church. When we come together as Christians and when we bring 100% of what we have, God uses all of us in different ways. And you know, the joy is that none of us can do everything. I have to confess before you this morning that I am terrible at DIY. I cannot do it. I cannot put up a shelf and it's wonky or it falls off the wall. Um, I can't even do an Ikea flat pack without somehow messing it up. And they are the easiest things ever, right? Um, But thankfully, the Lord has provided us at LPC with people who are amazing at DIY, who are incredible at craftwork. Look at this fantastic stage that I'm standing on. This was the result of, um, over the summer, Vince coming in every day, building this stage from scratch. Isn't it incredible? God has blessed the church. Woo! yeah, that definitely deserves a round of applause. God has blessed the church with incredible welcomeers. Like today, I don't know when you came in, you probably saw Linda greeting you as you came in. You may have seen Carolyn or one of the other welcome guys. He's blessed the church with wonderful gifted prayers like Caroline, who came up and prayed for us. And we're going to have folks ready to minister later on. And these gifts enable the kingdom to grow. Because Vince has built this stage, we can worship. That's what we were doing this morning. Because Linda and Carolyn and others greet people at the door, that enables people to feel welcome and at home when they come into church. Because Caroline and Juan and Jenny and others pray with folks when they come forward. Lives get changed. If they sat on their gifts, if they didn't use them, then none of that would happen. None of this this morning would happen. But I wonder this morning if you're sitting here thinking, well, my gift isn't really as good it's not needed in quite the same way it's not as obvious or exciting well here is where we need to read these verses really carefully because the key words come right there in the middle do you notice Paul says not all have the same function so in Christ we though many form one body in Christ you see this isn't about you this isn't about me this isn't about any of us as individuals. Because Jesus has given you the best gift possible, his death on the cross. He frees you to use your gifts for his glory. He gave up his precious life on the cross. So our gifts are just the overflow of his grace. It's not about who's better than who at anything. It's not a competition. That's why we have consciously have a culture of honour here at LPC. You know, when we see somebody doing something, when we see someone serving the Lord, it doesn't matter how visible or invisible it is, we bless it, we call it out, and we encourage them, and we say that gives God glory to see you doing what you're doing. And that's what Paul is challenging us to do here, to be ready to set our gifts alongside those of others, for the sake, for the, um, to be used in the church for the sake of growing the kingdom. So Paul's first challenge, set your gifts down. His second challenge, set your gifts alongside. His third challenge to us this morning, come and set your gifts on fire. Do you remember in the final part of that sacrifice illustration from Leviticus in the Old Testament, what would happen was that the, the, the whole sacrifice would be burnt up and it would be burnt with incense and the flames would rise up to heaven and be sweet smelling to God. That's how the book describes it, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. So when we give our whole selves back to God, when we bring our gifts to God in the community of LPC, the Holy Spirit sets them on fire and it's full of joy. It's full of life. It's full of fulfilment. You know, these are gifts. Gifts are good, right? You know, you spoke to people at the beginning about the best gift you ever received. Gifts are good, They're meant to be enjoyed. But maybe like me in that non-job, that spare part role that I spoke about at the beginning, maybe you feel like that. Perhaps you're here this morning thinking, well, I don't, to be honest, I'm not really good at much. I can't be useful at LPC. Well, here is where we get to the really good bit. Because you know what? it's not about being useful, it's about being ready to be used. Look at these great biblical examples, heroes of the faith. Noah was an alcoholic, Abraham was too old, Isaac was a daydreamer, Jacob was a liar, Leah was ugly, Joseph was abused, Moses had a stutter, Gideon was afraid, Rahab was a prostitute, Jeremiah was too young, David was an adulterer and a murderer, Elijah was suicidal, Job went bankrupt, Peter denied Jesus, Zacchaeus was too small, Paul murdered Christians, and Lazarus was dead. If God can use a dead man, then I'm pretty sure he can use any of us. He can use even me. Isn't that truth? Think about how God used all these people for his glory. You know, despite all their weaknesses, all their shortcomings, God still used them for his purposes because they made themselves available to him. They weren't useful, but they were ready to be used. And the Lord came and filled them with his spirit. And that's the essence of Paul's final challenge to us in in this chapter of Romans. Look at what he writes in verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Friends, the Holy Spirit gives gifts to each of us. And it's him who sets them on fire as we lay them down together in community. So this isn't about being qualified, This isn't about being in the in crowd. You don't have to have a dog collar or be on the PCC. The Bible teaches that each of us is vital in the body of Christ. Church is never meant to be a spectator sport. You know, it's not like a a concert or a show where we go and sit and fold our arms and ask to, you know, see a performance or be entertained. We are a living, breathing body the body of Christ, and we are all given a part to play. I had a picture before the service of like a, a jigsaw puzzle, and you know, a jigsaw puzzle is only worth it. I know from doing thousands with my kids. If there's a piece missing, it's pointless, isn't it? And church is like that. It's like a puzzle. And if if your piece isn't there, we're missing something. We need you. Maybe you're an encourager. Maybe you're a giver. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're a server whether you're on the cafe team or the welcome team or the worship team or the kids team or the setup team, you have a gift that is needed here at LPC. And this isn't meant to be like a weighty obligation or, or a burdensome duty. This is a joy that comes from the overflow of what Jesus has already done for us. So when we set our gifts down giving our whole lives to Jesus when we set our gifts alongside not competing but working together then we get filled with more and more of the Holy Spirit who sets our gifts on fire and we make a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord remember Jesus has made the perfect sacrifice for you so you can make a living sacrifice for him. You don't need to be useful. You just need to be ready to be used. For this next season at LPC, you are needed. We are all needed. And God calls you to come this morning and for his glory in the church, lay your gift down. Lay your gift alongside and set your gift on fire for him and his glory. Amen.